Welcome to the Two Type Ones podcast, where we discuss the world of diabetes and challenge you to think differently. What's up, everyone? Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Coach Ken. And I'm Graham. This is episode one, our very first episode. And today's episode is going to be all about stories and how those stories have shaped who we are as diabetics. So let's get right into it. So you were saying that today's episode is going to be about stories. So I think a big part for all diabetics is their, I don't even know which, how you would call it, your diabetic awakening, your, your birth, your diabetic birthday. So I assume that's something you want to talk about, but let me hear about the podcast because we're sitting here setting things up, getting everything ready, tinkering, playing, new equipment. You, uh... But it's also, like we were saying recently, it's June, it's the end of June 2020, so COVID has been happening for three months. You're also setting up a podcast, you're the owner of a gym, you're a coach at a gym, so you're crazy. Why, why are you crazy in starting a podcast right now? Why not? Yeah? Why not? Um, I think that uh, one of the biggest things that I really wanted to do, and I have tried to be tried to do over the past really three to four years was get more into the community and educate and not educate in like, Oh, well you should do this or you should, should do that. Or, um, but more educate in terms of like how people think, because in my viewpoint of the individuals, the clients, whether it's a type one, whether it's a young athlete, whether it's a type two, Whatever it is, the clients that I've dealt with that have some type of diabetes don't think in the right way uh, about diabetes. Um, it's Unfortunately, it's a way of life. It's a lifestyle that you have to live. Um, and I've helped a lot of people and talked to a lot of people, learned from a lot of people, professionals, other diabetics like yourself. Um, and I think, just think that we have a lot of really good information to be giving people, um, that is not just knowledge based and book learning and this is how this works in your body, but more like things that we can talk about that can be applied to anybody. The experience of living life with diabetes. The experience of living life with diabetes. Yeah. So I've wanted to, to do a podcast for a long time and the, the first thing that we tried to do last year and you came to the event was I'm now doing a yearly event. Last year was our first event that we did, uh, simplifying life with diabetes where we just bring in a bunch of, uh, endocrinologists that I'm friends with. We brought in, um, the technology people tandem and Medtronic and Dexcom. We brought all these people in just to educate the public. And that's what this podcast is going to be all about. Just educating people, talking through scenarios, talking through different things that we're all dealing with and going through and yeah. less more about like, this is what a carb does in your body. This is what, this is how many uh, carbs that you should have with, with a meal, you know, like that, that stuff is great knowledge and we can find that anywhere on, on the web. But, what I think is the real issue right now 
is that we don't have enough knowledge out there that can be applied in showing us how to apply it. That's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. So at the end of that, at the end of that conference we were talking about, we had a we had a round table where we forced everybody to sit around and have just an all out chit chat with each other about diabetes. And I think it was very apparent having people not only supporting you, but people that were talking on the same wavelength mattered a lot to you. And I think this is probably another big part of this plan for you, right, is having someone who, again, I mean, you call it simplifying life with diabetes, but it's not just simplifying it. It's using your personality and your, your emotional approach to how you've come over hurdles and things like that with your diabetes too. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. Yeah. It's, it's, I just, I think of the, you know, living with diabetes and we've talked, we've had great links. I've had great links with a lot of people, great talks, but I just think that the, if you don't know who you are and you don't know how like your body is affected by the different things that you're doing, not just eating, but how much sleep you're getting, you know, what's your stress stress levels like, you know, if you're, if you're a professional and you work, you know, nine to five or whatever, whatever it is, that has a different stressor than if you own your own business. You know, if you have two, two young kids with diabetes, like how does that affect the kids you know, being in different environments. Like yeah. if they're an athlete, how is being an athlete in their sport affect their diabetes? Like there's just so many things that we need to kind of take a step back and say, what, how do I live my life? Yeah. How do I want to live my life? And what changes can I make that will benefit me? Um, and ultimately make me healthier. So let me ask you a question, and I'll make a point with this question as well before I ask the question. But we've said in our talks that we've done together, and I'll say it now that we're not medical professionals. We are speaking more from the approach of experience, nothing more than no, nothing more than that. And what we tell people is our approach to making things work. With so for me, it's been twenty five years, and I think that's why I get to sit at the same table as you. But leading in, this is my question. Do you think your experience with a diabetic is more important because you are a um, a personal trainer and a coach or you are someone that's also living with diabetes? So if someone comes into your gym and they're a diabetic, are you a better coach because you're trained professionally that way or are you a better coach because you are bringing the experience and knowledge of the diabetes? Yeah. So I think I understand what you're asking. So I would kind of think about it as like if if I just had a, let's say I had a swimmer come in. If I never swam, I'm not going to be have the same maybe tools uh, that I would have if I was a swimmer to help necessarily that swimmer. Yeah, hell yeah. I can get that swimmer faster, stronger, uh, more mobile, get better core strength. Um, I can learn a lot about the sport and still be a very good, effective coach. Very good, effective coach. And I do that with some of my athletes now anyway. Mm-hmm. Some of the athletes that, you know, lacrosse players. I didn't play lacrosse. Hockey players. I have a big hockey group right now that I just love training because yeah, they, they get after Ohio, it. So awesome. And uh, I never played hockey, but that doesn't 
put me out of the realm of being able to help that individual. Yeah. Where it comes to diabetes, I think it's, it's more of a passion thing, right? So it's a passion thing because I live with it. It's a passion thing because I see and work with people that just don't get it or maybe don't get it because they don't want to mm -hmm. or don't get it because they don't have the education or they're not pushed to think differently outside of what they're actually told, right? They're, you know, when we're first diagnosed, we're told something. Okay, cool. I'll do that. It's a regimen for taking and care of It's a regimen, yeah. right? It, yeah. There's no education on, okay, we, this is step one. We have to learn the carb count. This is step two. We have to do X, Y, and Z. This is step three. And all of them are bridged together. Yeah. That's how we need to think as diabetics. That's, yeah. that's, at the end of the day, that's how we have to think. If we don't think that way, then we're just moving through life just like everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. So you've told the story of your podcast and your profession. What about your, your diabetic birthing? Yeah. You were um, already an athlete. You were already... Yeah, I was already into an athlete. I was a life, three, so four sport athlete yeah. in middle school, high school. I think I played every single sport known to man before. Um, and my story is very interesting because it's different than Graham's, than yours, yeah. right? It's totally different than yours. You know, you were diagnosed when you were a kid. I was diagnosed at 25, yeah. right out of college. You know, just finished college. We had a summer house up in New York. We, we still have the summer house. And every single summer, we would go up for a couple of weeks and have fun. And we got a boat up there. We got a jet ski up there. We, you know, it's a nice little house. So after I graduated from college, me and my mom uh, drove up to the summer house. And at that summer house, uh, or on the way up, I had to and and constantly thirsty yeah. and like I had to, we had to stop like literally every 45 minutes and that's never happened before like I mean never happened to me before like yeah I was at the point in my life because I was hydrating so much and then because I was a I mean, or because I was a big athlete that that's just thought I thought what I had to do I hydrated and then I peed all the time so and that was going on for a long time and I wasn't really aware of it until we went up to the lake stopping every 45 minutes stopping every 45 minutes and i put it off on the back burner and was like oh it's probably just because i keep drinking tons of water or tons of gatorade or whatever it is we got back and on the way back uh from the lake it was the same thing was happening every 45 minutes drinking water like crazy so i went to the, i went to my family dock and my sugar was like 450 almost 450 and they're like, yeah, uh, let me check it again. Because at that time, not my family, nowhere in my family. I checked, believe me, I checked back three, four generations. I checked nowhere in my family. I wasn't overweight. And at the time, that's what, you know, most of us diabetes that weren't was. diabetes yeah. or didn't have diabetes Correct. thought diabetes was. Is I wasn't overweight. Adult I was in shelter. I was in, sh in shape. So uh, they put me on some insulin. They gave me an insulin pen. And I went on my way. I went and got an endocrinologist and started the whole process of learning and uh, got a, um, didn't get on technology yet because I was in ma really, really, really massive denial. And it's interesting because a lot of diabetics that I talk to or I've worked with have really been in denial. Maybe, you know, some a lot 
less than others, but for me, it was it that that lasted two years almost where I was in denial. I just, all right, I can eat whatever I want because that's what I was told yeah. I could eat do is eat whatever I wanted to, as long as I cover with insulin. Um, it took me a long time to learn how to count carbohydrates, mm-hmm. so that was a hard challenge, because again, I was I, all my life I've been a habit. I'm a, I've been a habit person, mm-hmm. um, and. With those habits, it it's very hard when you live your life that way. It's very hard to cut that out mm-hmm. and change that up. So um, it wasn't about until, oh shoot, I would say seven, eight years ago, right around the time that I met my wife. Maybe it was actually long, a little bit longer than that, maybe 10 years, um, that she kind of... She was a healthy person. She was, I mean, we started eating better, like, um, and I just kind of woke up like, oh man, yeah, my A1C is 7.5, 7.6. I probably should do something about that. Mm-hmm. So, um, started doing some more different therapies and eating better and exercising differently, being more aware of what I was doing and those A1, the A1C started dropping and. I started getting in that progression of learning and understanding the disease better. And they gave you so. a pump. They gave you a pump from day one. No, no. I wouldn't go on a pump from day one. Yeah. I would, didn't want to. I didn't want a device on my body, um, which is interesting now because I can't imagine living without a pump. Yeah. Which is another. You know, we'll I don't go think into they that. Give people the option much these days. They do. Do they, they really? Yeah. That, oh. They gave me the option right when mm-hmm. I started. Well, maybe I'm thinking because maybe not when you were. You well, know, that's what I was like when say. you were diagnosed and like because but, pumps weren't, you know, correct. Super no, big so, yet. So when I was diagnosed, correct, it was twenty five years ago. So it was a long time ago. Yeah. But what you alluded to and it's very important is you talk about adults actually being diagnosed with type one, which as we've spoken before, for me it was juvenile diabetes. It was always juvenile diabetes. Yeah. So there is still a massive wave of kids that are like the endos are focusing on juveniles only but i even think in those cases if i'm understanding correctly and the people that i know in my network everybody under 14 seems to be coming out with an insulin pump on purpose because i think well the endos now control but they're also linked with the cgm so that the parents can have control from their yeah the more technology and and i will say like the more technology we find and the more technology that comes out the better we are going to be with controlling diabetes it's just a hands down that's what it is yeah um but the funny thing is is even going back when i was it was always talking about a cure but we've have enough technology now where you're monitoring so differently than you were for me in the early 90s or people into the 70s and 80s where they were peeing on it. Have you seen these? Yeah, absolutely. You pee on a stick and you get a range of your blood sugar. Oh, absolutely. Just that element of technology allows you to manipulate the entire disease exactly how you want it, you know? So I always laughed that it was always, technology's great, we got this fast-acting insulin, but it's all about the cure, all about the cure, which I think it is. I mean, it is. It absolutely is all about the cure. But what are we going to do in the meantime is my point. It's been amazing. And you're... you're, your experience with diabetes has always had that element to it, which is pretty cool for you. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I would say up until I was, what, oh, four or five years in, yeah. I've had technology. Yeah. I remember. I mean, I've been, diagnosed, I've been diabetic for, what, 12, 13 years now? Yeah. 
I'm I can my think, math right in my head. I can think at least eight years ago, maybe nine, ten years ago, I had a nurse offer me, hey, we'll put this continuous glucose meter on you and you'll leave it on you for 48 hours and then come back to the office and we'll show you some of your transmitting. That's pretty sweet. And now I don't have a day without having my blood check every five minutes and like having that data is, I mean, my visits to the endo, it's like... Send us a code for your, you, you know, you can like yeah, absolutely, yeah. download the graph and the code, and they're like, that's pretty much. They get those numbers. They look, they're looking, you know, the endo before he walks into the room. He's in the back looking at it, and he knows exactly what he's walking into. Yeah, which is just amazing. I mean, it's just, it's simply amazing. It really is, you know. Yeah. But I even have friends, older friends, that are saying to me like, so you're wearing it all the time. You're not just because some people get a CGM and they just they'll wear it once a week for like a month. Have you heard that like of that therapy, so yeah. to speak? Yeah. Yep. And I have, friends, I have friends that have blown them away by having it around the clock. So, yeah, I, I mean, technology is amazing, man. Technology is amazing. That's yeah. all. I mean, just it's amazing. So, Graham, uh, I've gone in depth about my story, yeah. my journey, yeah. uh, how this process has been for me. Yeah. Let's talk about your story and how everything started with you. Yeah. So we we talk a lot about how things have been so different for you and I and I think it's super true because my story was what I believe was the super typical what was happening diabetes story before 10 years ago before a lot of um, adults were being diagnosed with type 1 diabetes let's call that 10 years ago before that for a long time I don't want to date it it was the juvenile diabetes generation. So it was yeah. like, it was always juvenile diabetes, JDRF. Um, yeah. Diabetes. When we thought so, diabetes was basically just for kids, correct, like correct. kids were getting exactly. It. Yeah, and yeah. it was, it was even then it wasn't as much of a concern about like a, like an illness that, that kicked it off for someone like that. They're doing a lot. Like you, you talked about that, right? Like in your story is, um, uh, how an illness might have kicked it in. I have other friends and that's kind of a, it, Maybe I'm not following information closely enough, but again, I do believe that is a more newer conversation piece. So it was more diabetes was in your family and somewhere along the way you were given the gene and you just so happened. So that's what we've had thought. Correct. Correct. So my mom was uh, diagnosed. We didn't see it anywhere on my dad's side. So it was that, that was the, it was cool. I was cool. Well then somewhere along the line, I got diabetes and it, showed up and that was the thing so how old were you so okay yeah so getting down to it this is 1994 so i was eight going on nine years old Mm -hmm. uh a lot of people don't know this about me but i had really bad warts growing up and i my mom got to the point where the surgeries were so painful she quit telling me about anything medical for me in my life because i just anxiety i I think that's where my a lot of my anxiety and my like uh person like worked up personality comes from right so I think she was seeing things, the thirst, the peeing at night, eating. I, I remember eating corn pops. I'll never forget that. I, at eight years old, couldn't, couldn't get full. And I was losing a lot of weight. And I didn't. Yeah. To, a, to a mom of an eight-year-old kid, you know, that's a, these are weird things. And weight loss, I think, always for a growing kid, right? And I'm, I couldn't quench my hunger i don't know what the what's the word for that yeah yeah. quench your thirst what is the opposite i couldn't get hungry bro i was just pounding corn pops so she she called my doctor and immediately 
it was he's diabetic. Let's check him into Children's Hospital. And I love that you were pounding corn. Dude, pops. I know, and I'll never forget that. And and, and and you know, it's funny. It's that you say that. The only real symptom I remember is that. But I was peeing the bed and I was pounding water, yeah. and I'm like. So you're nine. Yeah, but all I remember is how all I wanted was, and it was funny because wasn't it like the perfect thing to do before you're diabetic? Eat a sugary ass cereal and go crazy on it. Um, So with that being said about juvenile diabetes being the reason for type 1 diabetes, it was young kids and it was medical professionals and more than endocrinologists, it was nutritionists and all these people like at a, in a place like Children's Hospital and they had a very strict very developed system for like, I mean, practically our, I mean, actually it was back in this day, they used to give you these little books and it was hour by hour of blood sugars. So your life was on a wake up to go to bed written out. Yeah. So you were on a bunch of different logging and like had to log everything. Logging blood sugars. uh, If you test for ketones, if you, if you eat a snack, if you're, if you were stressed, if you were sick, like it was all, be, I mean, we all log now, obviously, with technology, but it was, a, it was a more written out, see it. And I mean, people weren't as hourly, hour by hour meticulous about schedules, I think, back then. And then, you know, things weren't as, I think technology has changed that, you know, it's yeah. easier to be structured. So your life is based on this hour by hour structure, the system for introducing. And one thing that you and I talk about, the system for introducing a kid to diabetes was that exact same. It was structured. It was organized. You would check into children's for, dude, I'm talking like four days. I was there. I was there for at least four days. You know, you're hooked up to the first thing to do is the IV in the back of the hand, which they messed up my first time. It was this big, big needle and I'm like puking. Cause it hurt so much they messed it up so they had to do it all over again i'll never forget that was me checking into the hospital it was yeah. the worst well it's it's so interesting because at the beginning of this episode we talked about how different our stories are are yeah you know and you already diabetic your journeys head. were you're just shaking and, your head as i talked and yeah because yeah, i, I never that. went to the hospital yeah. like i went to the yeah. pediatrician got some insulin and yes. they sent me on my way yes. and that was it yes. and it was up to me to go find an endocrinologist get the next steps of learning yeah but like with you and also so many other people that i've talked to like they went to the hospital they had mm-hmm. way different symptoms and like it's just so crazy and that's why i started by saying the the generation of which i grew up 100 percent of people i knew up until 10 years ago was the exact same story as me hmm yeah. To, almost to a T like what happens later in life is you get older and then you choose to how you're going to take care of yourself but when you're the people that I was becoming friends with were all um, call it in the community but they had all kind of had the exact same it had all happened the same way for us you know and um, like I said when you're in the hospital for four days your hours are your hours are clustered it's um, you know you're meeting with endocrinologists you're meeting with nutritionists you're meeting with um, someone like you, someone that knows about activity and exercise and you're meeting with your, like, actually I met my nurse who would end up being my nurse for 15 years. And that was the assumption that you live in Columbus, a city like Columbus where we're, where we live, Columbus, Ohio, and they have a children's hospital. Well, you're going to report to that children's hospital as long as you need to need to correct. Yeah. So I met my nurse that I would later be my nurse and my doctor for the next 15 years. Um, 
when you so were again, when in the in that four y- days that you were in the hospital, yeah, and they're pushing all this education on you. Yeah, looking back on that, do you feel like that education? was like applicable to you do you feel like you were open it's a fantastic question one memory open to like actually receiving it one Mm. memory i have and will always have and i have spent hundreds of hours of my life thinking about this it almost makes me emotional talking about it is my mom crying Mm. and she was so overwhelmed right with the amount of information coming in. But the reason why I've spent so much of my life talking about it is because I know that my success in diabetes is because of my parents, like straight up. Never was a, um, never was a victim, never was a patient. I mean, I remember going home and she just said, the first day you're low, when I got back to school, once you feel low, I want to be there. Like I want the school nurse to call me. So it was kind of just like, oh, it's just, I just, I went to the hospital, I went back to school, and I was just, all I knew, just make sure when I start to feel shaky for that first time, just call my mom. And that's all I did. And then from there on, bro, it's just like a normal person. Yeah. And and I don't, you know, I, I give my, that's why I say I spend so much time because I give my parents, I give them a ton of credit because it was just, you move on, you plow through. And so that now is 25 years ago, you know, and I mean, I could talk, I could talk for hours on that yeah. topic. What's but, the biggest thing that's changed since then? Like with my attitude, or like, general, or like what happened, in like, my, like in the like being diagnosed. What do you feel like is the biggest change for someone that's getting like diagnosed today? Yeah, from twenty five years ago. Well, I will take your last question and say and wrap it into this. You asked, you know, what did I take away from that information? Yeah, that that that's the word right there. It's it, it's it's information and the availability and how to manipulate and maneuver yourself. And the coolest thing about diabetes, as you find out when you get older, is your body changes. Everybody's different. Everybody changes. But you got to get out there and get the information. And you got to bring it all in and take it all in and take an interest in it. You know, if my, my wife says to me, like laying in bed at night, I'm watching professional eating YouTube videos. And she's like, how do you find these things? I'm like, it's just kind of in my... My, my interest of what I like to pull up, add that, you have to add that diabetes information interest to your life because yeah. there is so much out there and it's always, that's like, it's the nail on the head. That's always changing. Yeah. And you can't be at eight years old. My story was remembering my mom crying about, I wasn't overwhelmed. I couldn't, I, I couldn't have cared less. Yeah. I was like, whatever, bro. I want to, I want to be out with my friends. And yeah, yeah. if that means I got to have a, a kudos, remember kudos bar? You remember kudos? Yeah. We, was, we were buying kudos bars because they had 15 grams of sugar. If I got to have a kudo bar in my pocket, cool. But I just want, you know, I want to be out, be out with your friends. It. And yeah. I think, I think that's a really interesting piece too is like, oh, I want to be out with my friends. It's like you get diagnosed so young or if you have diabetes in your yeah. elementary school or, you know, 10 years old or younger and, you know, maybe you're not mature enough yet to really understand the gravity of the situation or yeah. the gravity of the life that you're about to live. Yeah. But I think like being able to have an outlet of someone outside of like your parents or your closest people that maybe you do trust or you don't trust yeah. and having that outlet and being able to talk through emotions is like key for yeah. a young diabetic. Yeah. And I think even I, for us too, I think structure and discipline are a fantastic thing to learn at a young age. And Dude, structure, but, like but, but diet we for live diabetes. in 2020. So sometimes you say those words and like discipline, it sounds aggressive, but, yeah. but 
I've had a ton of success in my life. I think from starting at such a young age with with that in there, and it, I again, I always wonder what is it about me that has been I've made it so mentally easy to be diabetic, and I, maybe I'm just that unique that I needed that beginning of the day. Here's exactly how everything is going to be formulated type of experience, and um, you know, it's it's lended its hand well to things like exercising or work. A work, a work ethic, or things like that. So, in a way, di- I always say diabetes has played a lot into my li- my life as a whole. You know who you are. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I just like going back to the whole structure piece. Yeah. Thinking about like what I do for a living, helping people, whether you're diabetic or not, losing weight, you know, learning new habits, building new habits. I think for a diabetic, like the structure of your day and how your day is about to unfold. No matter who you are, no matter if you're an eight-year-old, a five-year-old, a three-year-old, a professional, an athlete, no matter, it doesn't matter. It's so important for you to look at your day. What do I have going on today? Where is going to be my gaps where I might have high sugar, high blood sugars? When do I possibly need to eat? Maybe not that much in depth in structure, but having some type of structure is, I think, is so important and for don't, a diabetic. Don't you think that when you have a quick five-minute talk with somebody about what it's like to be diabetic and you share their story that's kind of when their eyes get big and they're imagining themselves and planning their day that far in advance it, it sounds yeah. it sounds crazy it does it does it, to, yeah. to someone who's not doing it and i think this is the fun part of talking the way we are because people can relate it's not it sounds crazy it does Write your sound day out crazy, on paper yeah. every little thought that i'm telling you that's why action, you know yeah but that's why like when when I was first diagnosed and I like all oh, log log your stuff log your stuff I'm like yeah. what the no yeah, I don't want to log you crazy yeah. but when you actually actually go through and log let's even say like 72 hours yeah. every 72 hours take some notes yeah. log what you're actually doing it's going to paint a picture of what your day actually looks like and when when you have that picture it's so it's so helpful to kind of look at what you're actually doing because now you have a picture and you can start making plans and seeing trends in your days and like, okay, where am I high? Where am I not high? Like, okay, well, I did this today and I went higher than usual. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I think structure is so important. But it's, it's so another important. funny thing that it's taught us about life and you're pitting the nail on the head that using that structure to, it applies to everything. It'll eventually apply to everything in your life and you could be better at, you, you can be better at a lot of other things in your life with that basis of, of, right? And I think for your story, that's what makes it even crazier is out of nowhere for people at 20, 30, 40, 50 years old, all of a sudden, and that's probably, de- it's probably very depressing. It's probably, that's the best, you know, it must be a mental, it's gotta be hard. I mean, I know it is being in the community. I, I know there are, there's mental health associated with Diabetes. being diagnosed. Yeah, yeah it, absolutely. You know, in type absolutely. one or type two, quite frankly. Yeah, right? absolutely. Uh-huh. And it's um, it's so crazy thinking about and listening to people that got it 25 years ago. Yeah. And listening to the people that are getting it now yeah. and and understanding that piece and thinking that, that we, 25 years ago, we thought that it was mostly just ju- juvenile diabetes. Yeah. And now it's turned into human diabetes. Yeah. Um, I heard, a, I, I read a story the other day of, uh, 45, 50 year old 
contracting type one. It's crazy. You know what I yeah. mean? Like now, is that because of health things that have happened all over this person's life? I mean, who knows? And at the end of the day, too, we don't know what environmental factors that we're introduced to in at a young age, and how those environmental factors affect us getting an autoimmune, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's vaccines, whether it's foods that we eat, whether it's we don't get enough sleep, or you know, like we're a multi multi sport athlete, and which is what I think what happened to me, and like my you you just drive your body into the ground because you don't you don't understand the importance of recovery, like. I think all of those things are so powerful and we're just scratching the surface, which yeah. is really cool, but also very scary. Yeah. And I mean, as you say, we're telling stories and we could go, oh, we I could, could go, go on forever. tangents in every different direction, yeah, absolutely. but, but to, to, to bring together exactly what you asked of me, um, you know, I learned early on how to eat well. I learned early on the importance of exercise. I learned early on the importance of being prepared Cause that's always the thing with diabetes, you know, you always, you might go low, you might go high. I learned the importance of, um, I mean, I'm a backpack guy. I bring, I just pile everything into a backpack. You know, you, you, uh, you, you, and you have limitations too. I learned that at, a, at an early age, but you know, you rise above it and you morph it and you change it to not get in your way. Right. So if, if you're driving over a speed bump every day, we'll find another way to work. Right. Yeah. Like that's kind of how I've always, yep. kind of how I always looked over it. And, and, I don't think I've ever, cons- I never want to like look at myself in the mirror and say like, am I normal? Like I don't create, Yeah. I don't create this normal? shadow that I'm supposed to fit perfectly into, right? Yeah. I think I just kind of made, I decided, well, guess what? This is going to make me unique. So I was like, you know, yeah. I'm, I feel like at times in my unique. life, in the last 25, 26 years, I was like Graham the diabetic, you know, I got, a, yeah. I told you, I got a tattoo on, on my butt that says diabetic. That's fucking Cause good. you got, we well, got to laugh at it too. That's the other thing. You know, I learned that at a young age is. Life, like, my God, you live with diabetes for one year and you will, every morning you will just be happy. Just, you know what I mean? Just enjoy, 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 man. Cause yeah. if you're, if you are in the right mindset, yeah, of course, of course, you but, know, so. but this podcast at times will be limited by the fact that you and I have such oh, good outlooks on it. You know absolutely. what I mean? You know what I mean? But that's, so. but I think us having great outlooks on it could shed light on a listener that might not have a good outlook no, right I now. Agree. You know what I mean? I like, and that's just the biggest thing with this podcast is like, it's, it's going to be all about us having conversations and we hope we get like engagement from everyone asking yeah. us questions, yeah. sending us questions like, um, cause it's going to give us way more stuff to talk about and which we can talk about this stuff all day long. But, yeah. You know, but so. our favorite story together, cause you always loved it. And you texted me like, repeat that story is, Diabetes is crazy complicated, but at the end of the day, truly at the end of the day, it's the easiest thing because all you got to do is what everybody else is supposed to be doing, right? Yeah. Eating well, yeah. sleeping, uh, exercising, you know, making an effort, making a little bit of an effort. That's it. Yeah. All the stuff that Building everybody else should right be habits. doing, we get, we're being told like, yeah. you better do you that better stuff. You better do or, this exactly. or you're going to have problems. Exactly. That's yeah. the, to me, that's, if I had to say one thing in a nutshell, that's diabetes in a yeah. nutshell. That's it. That's it. You, you, we're, we're supposed to be doing what everyone yeah. else should be Heck doing. Heck yeah, bro. And it's not yeah. even almost like we sh- we're supposed to be. We should. Yeah, we look good. We have it. to. We look real good. Yeah, we it. do. <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool. And thanks so much for joining us, everyone. Next time on the Two Type Ones podcast, we're going to dive into those things that we think are the most important that a diabetic needs to know to be successful. 
that's what we're going to talk about next time. Stay tuned and we'll see you next time.